Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday edition, wet and dreary edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110 is the telephone number as always. And guys, make sure you follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so now let's get into some of the things that happened today. So we know that Governor Cooper was in town today because I covered it. And he was at the Goodwill headquarters, if you will, on Wilkinson Boulevard, heading towards Gastonia, just past like the uh, Billy Graham Parkway overhang or exchange or whatever, right there on Wilkinson Boulevard. So he was in town today because at exactly 12.01 this morning, at Friday morning, Medicaid expansion went into effect here in North Carolina. And there are now 10 states left in the country that do not have Medicaid expansion. Texas and Florida, as well as uh, I think Alabama's part of it as well. So, but there are some team, there are some uh, states obviously that do not still have this. Like, I think it's 10. So, 40 have it, 10 don't. But anyway, he was in town today celebrating and he was surrounded by a bunch of healthcare workers. The North Carolina um, Secretary of Health was here, the person that, re- uh, that took the place from Andy Cohen. If you remember her, he was in town today to talk about it as well. And then they had some t- people in the world of healthcare to talk about and give testimony as they like to say. But, uh, but governor Cooper was, the whole thing went on almost 30, 40 minutes, but governor Cooper was in town, like I said, and I want to play his opening remarks because he actually thanked Republicans as well as Democrats for coming together and making this, what he thinks is a very big deal. And to be honest with you, most Republicans up in Raleigh think so as well. So here's governor Cooper's opening remarks this morning over there on Wilkinson Boulevard. I want to say good morning to everybody because this is a special day. Thanks to the Charlotte Center for Legal Advocacy, the North Carolina Navigator Consortium. You guys are going to be really busy. And the Charlotte Community Health Clinic, not only for hosting us today, but hosting this enrollment event where people are actually coming in and signing up for Medicaid expansion. December the 1st. Today, a dream, a decade in the making, finally becomes a reality. Today, we make real the promise of affordable, quality health care for so many. Today, North Carolina officially 
expands Medicaid to help close the health care coverage gap. It's been a long and winding road, folks. Many of you have been on that road with me, but we've arrived. This is what happens when we work together for good. At the end of September, right after Medicaid expansion got the final green light needed to move forward, I spoke at an event in Greensboro. And on my way out, a woman was waiting near my car. I told troopers, it's fine, it's fine. Because <laughs> she, she looked so sincere. Her name was Victoria. She came up to me a bit tentatively. But she said, Governor, I work on the cleaning crew at the building next door. And why I saw that you were here. And I came outside because I just wanted to say thanks. I've been making for years because I needed to feed my family a little bit too much money to qualify for Medicaid. But I didn't have enough to afford my own insurance and I wasn't making enough to qualify for subsidies under the Affordable Care Act. She told me, now, now because of Medicaid expansion, I'm not gonna have to worry about affording a doctor and getting the drugs that I need. And she looked at me and tears were in her eyes. She said, this is going to change my life. They were tears of joy that I know are flowing in many families today. Because for years, for years, I've heard these stories from childcare workers. 25% of our childcare workers didn't have health care. Most of them can get it now. Restaurant workers, people who look after our seniors, custodial workers, people with two or three part-time jobs. The list goes on. And every single painful story has mattered. And every single painful story has helped us to reach this day. I won't get, forget Victoria, because she was the very first person I met who could actually walk up to me and say, my life is going to change December the 1st. And here we are on December the 1st. <laughs> 600,000 people eligible to qualify for affordable health care. People who are working hard, making money for themselves and their families, people who deserve health care. And there will be about 300,000 of those people who are now receiving limited family planning benefits who will be automatically enrolled in Medicaid. As of today, cards are, should be dropping in people's mailboxes today. Others who are eligible can now sign up by going to medicaid.nc.gov medicaid.nc.gov or visiting an enrollment event like this one being held here today. I'm going to let Secretary Kinsley tell you a little bit more about his department's innovative work to help reach as many eligible people as possible because they're doing some good work and in fact you know during COVID during the pandemic 
We had a lot of community leaders who stood up and helped us reach communities that were having a hard time getting services, getting help. We've reignited that same group of people, same group of leaders who are going to help us find as many people as possible. Medicaid expansion is the working families bill of the decade. For the workers in our communities who perform some of our most essential tasks, caring for our children, tending to the sick and elderly, stocking our grocery shelves, staffing our restaurants, all not getting paid enough as it is, but this law will bring them the opportunity for a better health and a better life. And you know, that is at the heart of this issue. Expanding Medicaid expands opportunities. When that cold turns into pneumonia and you have the security of knowing that you can see a doctor and that you can afford the medicine that you need, that's an opportunity to get healthy. If you're injured and those pain meds you took slowly turn into an addiction that just feels all-consuming and now you can access treatment from professionals who care about you and who value your life, that's an opportunity to recover. If a lot of your relatives have suffered from strokes and died too early, but now you can manage your high blood pressure with a doctor and a prescription, that's an opportunity to live the life that you deserve with the people that you love. Expanding Medicaid expands opportunities. And we know that a healthier population means a healthier economy. Going to work, earning a living, supporting your family, contributing to the vibrancy of our communities. You can't do that if you're sick. And Medicaid expansion will be a boost to rural hospitals who oftentimes have balance sheets that are on the brink. And, because we heard tough-on-crime sheriffs and police chiefs come to the legislature to tell us about it, this is going to be a boost to our law enforcement who have been telling us about all of the people that they deal with every day who have substance use disorder problems, who have mental illness, who need health care and not handcuffs. We, we can help those law enforcement officers today and the taxpayers today. I'm thankful to President Biden who pushed for the signing bonus to encourage states like ours to expand Medicaid. And that bonus means that we've unlocked an extra $1.6 billion, most of which is going to use, be used to improve our behavioral and mental health care systems that have been underfunded for far too long. So there you have it, Governor Cooper. Now, you know, after he spoke, a couple other people spoke, and this thing went on for quite a while. And then he took a few questions from the press. I think he maybe took, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five questions, maybe six, but five questions, I think. And I got the last question. And my question was, did you ever think this was going to happen? I mean, you've been begging for this for a long, long time. Did you think your tenure as governor would end before it actually happened? And he said, yeah. He goes, pretty much. He goes, every day I never thought it would happen. And I can't believe that it's actually here. So that's why they were there celebrating. 
All right, when we come back, let's get into a few other things. But we also have Panther Friday. Greg Olson, is he going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers? Maybe so. We'll hear from Greg because he actually spoke about this situation yesterday. And then we're also going to hear from Bryce Young on his thoughts about losing his, his main coach, his coach, I should say, 11 games into his career. So all that's coming up later on. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110. And guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen. Or I should say again, make sure you follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so Governor Cooper was in town today, um, as you just heard. And there were a couple of other people that were at this press conference. I mean, there were, I don't know, like 60 people there. Most of them were healthcare workers or government officials. And I don't know, you had one, two, three, four, I think four reporters, but all the TV stations were there, but not a lot of reporters. And by the way, that seems to be the going theme about reporters not showing up for events. Like I, they, they'll send the camera people sometimes, not all the time, but most of the time they'll send camera people but they won't send the reporters to ask the questions. And that's why I always say, you guys in the Charlotte media, make it so easy. Oh, and I take that back. There were five reporters because someone, I remember, just remembered someone else. So there are five reporters, but there's six TV stations, two radio stations, a newspaper, and a couple of websites. And there were six reporters there. And I say this all the time, Charlotte media makes it so easy. They really do. They make it easy. Why do I break so many stories? Because Charlotte Media has a tendency to make it easy. But, and then, of course, you got to develop the sources and talk to this and you gain trust and all that. But there are a lot of times when I'll just show up and I'm one of two people there or the only person there. Or it just, I don't know, sometimes it just dumbfounds me. But, I mean, I've talked about that a lot with you guys about this. But then there are other things where, hey, you never get to be the only person there. You're like, if, you, if the Panthers have a press conference... Everybody's there. Everybody's there. If the Panthers have a press conference, there's never not a person there. I mean, CMS had a press conference not long ago, and I want to say it was me, Nick Oxner, and I think a, a person from WCCB who was a cameraman. That was it. We were the only ones there. Oh, and then I think the other radio station was there as well. So there were three reporters and a cameraman. And the one reporter for the other radio station left ASAP and, and next thing you know, it's just me and Nick. 
and you say you guys may have seen all the promos that have gone on WBTV about the the situation that he had with Dr. Crystal Hill, the superintendent. And I mean, it was not. But again, you had a woman from the Department of Education in Washington, number two in charge, coming down to talk and meet with the superintendent and have a press conference. And basically nobody showed up. Nobody showed up in the world of media. And that's what I don't understand. That's why I always keep saying Charlotte makes it so easy. They do. I, I don't understand where these people are. There was a local TV station that on election night, election night, did not have someone at the Selwyn Pub, which was the Republican headquarters, which is where Tark Pakari was. An actual TV station didn't have, Spectrum was there, and I, the Charlotte Business Journal was there with Eric Spanberg. I was there, obviously, we did live coverage, but there was an actual TV station, a rather large TV station, just not even there. The only ones who were not there. You even had a couple of the you know, the websites, the blogs, not blogs, but websites were there. Charlotte Ledger was there. This particular TV station wasn't. And it just reminded me again of that today when Governor Cooper's in town, the first day of Medicaid expansion, it's a big deal. You know there's going to be a lot of people on hand, maybe government officials besides Cooper. And guess what? Like I said, there were six reporters out of 11 possibilities. That's it. I, I just, I, I will not understand it. I will not. There were two TV reporters, a newspaper reporter, and two radio station reporters. That's it. That's it. For today, for the governor, first day of Medicaid expansion in the history of North Carolina, and that's what the local media does. They just, Charlotte Media, I, I, I just, from a professional standpoint, I will never understand anything that's happened to Charlotte Media in the last eight to nine years. I will just never understand it because they have the manpower, but they're choosing not to send people to election night coverage. What genius is thinking of that? I, I don't know. All right. So when we come back, Greg Olson, is he going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers? Who knows? There's a possibility. And also Bryce Young, what does he think about his head coach being fired 11 games into his professional career? We'll talk about that as well. But right now, let's swing on over to the WBT Newsroom with Anna Erickson. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night, breaking with Brett Jensen. Make sure you follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen. Okay, so Greg Olson, his name became floated out there concerning the Panthers, I want to say on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, you heard his name being floated about, hey, Fox News or Fox Sports Analyst is interested in Panthers job. That's sort of true, but it was sort of misleading. And so... Yesterday, he went on the Rich Eisen show to talk about 
you know, the games this weekend in the NFL. And then at the very end, Rich asked him specifically about his interest in the Carolina Panthers. And here's how that sounded. Last thing for you here, Greg, and uh, it requires a little bit of a wind-up because I have worked with ter- people who are terrific on the air um, who want to coach. And, uh, you know, Dion, as we all know, he's killing it at Colorado. Uh, I worked with him for a long time. Steve Mariucci, I remember a few Super Bowls ago, a long time ago, uh, Washington came knocking on his door, and he really thought hard about it. And there is a report out there that you might be interested in – in the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. And I'd love to ask you if what, what you have to say on that subject matter. Yeah. Greg. Yeah. I mean, obviously that, that became a, a kind of a big story this, this week and whatnot. And obviously there's a lot of speculation and, and rumor and whatnot. I think the, the best thing I would say is who would it, right? I, obviously this, this is a city that I love. This is a team that I played the bulk of my career for. I want to see them have success. I live here. My kids are here. We, we want to see the Carolina Panthers return to, you know, the level that we were able to have a good five, six year run where we were one of the more relevant, one of the better, you know, one of the better stories in the NFL year in and year out playing in the playoffs. Like, of course, I want that for them. I love Chris Tabor, the interim coach there. I, me and Chris go all the way back to Chicago. He was a young um, special teams coach when I was in Chicago. We've had a good friendship all the way through these years before, you know, obviously before joining Carolina these last couple of seasons. So, I want them to do well. So I, I would be crazy if they said, hey, listen, is this something you talk to us about? To entertain and take that conversation, that, uh, that's, I think that's fairly obvious, right? This is a game that I've loved. This is a game that I've been involved in now my entire life. And at the NFL level, you know, almost 20 years. So that's what I'll say about that. How that all plays out, I don't know. I love doing what I'm doing right now, calling games, studying games. I love doing this. How that future unfolds, a lot of moving parts. Again, a lot of this is out of a lot of out of any of our control and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What I will say though, which I think is a larger question and a larger conversation that has nothing to do with me. Yes, sir. Right? We you know we saw it last year with Jeff Saturday. Last year with Jeff Saturday taking over. I think there is an instant reaction that unless you've climbed the ladder from assistant to the assistant to the assistant, all the way up through coordinator to that that unless you've lived the NFL lifestyle in that ladder, mm-hmm. that you can't be successful. And I just, I think we have to be careful saying experience leads to competence. I think there's a lot of experienced guys who are very incompetent. And there's a lot of inexperienced guys who are highly competent in all industries. We see it a lot in baseball. We see it in basketball where guys, I mean, look at John Lynch. I mean, John Lynch had no experience in personnel and I'd say he's done a good job. So I think we just have to be careful thinking that experience is the only prerequisite to being good at anything, coaching, broadcasting. I mean, we we see it in all other industries. So I've lived in this world for 20 years. I've learned the ins and outs of it. Now I study it from a different angle. I, I don't necessarily think that in order to eventually get into being a coach and running a team, it has to be the only way we've ever known for 50 years. And those are the, and everyone else is not a candidate. And that has nothing to do with me. That has to do just with the industry. There's a lot of really smart, good football people. Look at John Lynch is the most recent great example. And they've built arguably the best roster in football. Yeah. And and your answer right there, Greg, is proof, again, of why you're so good at what you do and what you're going to do Sunday for Fox as well. It's a gen, you, you were just genuine right there. And that shows in your broadcast and, 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 
again, I've been around a bunch of players, former players like yourself who are great at broadcasting, who have this placed in front of them as potentially an opportunity or not. And, and it's a difficult question to answer because a lot of people might think that means you're not happy with your current situation in broadcasting. And that's Uh, not it at all that these opportunities are like unicorns if they are available to you. And it's just something that you would be, I guess, interested in coaching is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. This is not something I'm chasing. This is not something I'm calling. This is not something I'm actively pursuing. I, I would call the A game at Fox for 30 years if they if that was what was in the cards. But again, we all know how this whole world works, right? You know it. People move, come and go. People opportunities come and go. You don't. So I, I'm just never a believer in anything of just slamming the door on anything that you love and anything that you're passionate about. I think we all entertain opportunities. We all oppor- and whether the opportunity comes or not, I, I don't know. Right? right? It's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical situation. And that's why, but, and so to me, that's one half the equation. And the other half the equation is in this hypothetical, you know, scenario, why not? And again, not me. I got you. Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, uh, Tom, whoever. Yeah. Why can't former players who have learned the ins and outs of football and been around it for 20 plus years, just because it wasn't in the assistant coach world, but it was in a, very similar, highly involved, highly stressful locker room. Why not? Why do we just dismiss that as a pathway? I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation for people to have because other sports don't dismiss it. Other sports are open to it. I I don't have the answer. I just think it's an interesting conversation. Well, you know who would say that all the time? I would hear it all the time from him. I hear uh, heard it a lot from Marshall Falk and Deion Sanders. And Deion is the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year today. So pretty interesting stuff right there from Greg. I mean, obviously, anyone would be a moron not to even take the phone call and not to discuss it. You take, I learned this a long time ago, no matter the job interview, take the interview. If it's for garbage collector, take the interview. If it's for a doctor and you're not qualified, take the interview. Always take the interviews when uh, when offered a job interview. Just always take the interview. You never know what could happen because of it at the end. Like, I mean, and you never know what they can lead to. That's why you always take the interview. Never turn an interview down. Even if you're not interested in the job, always take the interview. And like I said, Greg would be silly not to take that interview. And, you know, yeah, I think he's somewhat interested in the job. And clearly, if they made him an offer at six, seven million dollars a year, he'd probably take it. I mean, his broadcasting career is going to be there forever. And he's, you know, and especially if Tom Brady, did you notice when he said, you know, I could be the number one guy here on the Fox Sports forever, but here's the thing, supposedly next year is when Tom Brady takes over the number one spot and Greg falls back to the B slot or the number two spot. So we'll see what happens with that. But would he be any worse than some of the other coaches in the history of the Carolina Panthers? Would he be any worse than Matt Rule? And the answer is a resounding no. No, he would not. So it'll be interesting to see if whatever happens and transpires. I just, I will tell you, if they actually go out and try to get Bill Belichick, I I will not, I, I it will not be a good situation. And it will not be good on this station. And it will not be good of all the things coming out of my mouth. Because that would just be a horrendous thing. Because, you know, hey, why not go get a guy that's 72 years old, that's only coaching just to get the most wins in NFL history, and then he's out of here. Oh, and by the way, his drafts have been horrible for the last, oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years. And on top of that, 
in the nine years when he didn't have Tom Brady as quarterback on his roster, he's got a 41% winning percentage. But yeah, let's go get a 72-year-old Bill Belichick. That makes a lot of sense. So when we come back, Bryce Young, he's going to talk about what it's like to be a rookie in the NFL and 11 games into your professional career, have your head coach fired and everything turned upside down. So we'll talk to Bryce Young when we come back. Brett Jensen, you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night breaking with Brett Jensen. All right, so last segment here, and I want you to hear from Bryce Young because Bryce Young was the center focal point of a lot of the people across the nation last week, or I guess this week, um, after Frank Wright got fired, saying a lot of people saying that, you know, he didn't want Bryce Young, that he wanted C.J. Stroud. And then my question at the Tepper press conference on Tuesday went national and viral, and everyone's been talking about David Tepper's answer referring to Bryce Young. Well, Bryce Young met with the media to answer a lot of questions about Frank Reich being fired, as well as the progress he's making as a rookie. Bryce, uh, when did you find out about the news with Frank, and uh, what was your reaction? How did you find out? Yeah, um, Mr. Tepper came in and, and talked to the team. We were all here. Um, you know, we were all here Monday, um, as we are, you know, every Monday, um, just getting ready for team meeting. Um, and in the team meeting, he came in and addressed it. Um, you know, that, that's how, how I found out. Right. Did you say that um, Frank let you and the offense down? No, I, I think it, we all take we all take ownership, uh, especially offensively. It, it, it's all of us, um, you know. We all, I think we all, we all look in the mirror. We all, you know. There's all things that we could have done better. We all wanted to do better, and it's you know, it's a collective unit. There's no, there's no finger pointing from players, coaches, nothing. Like there's no, we all, um, we all could have been better, and we have to improve. Um, a couple of times this year, we've kind of asked you about the grim realities of the NFL in terms of injuries and you know the struggles early on. Just how how much of another kind of slap in the face is, is this one? It's, it's, it's really hard. Um, you know, again, it, these are you know real relationships. You know, these are people. You know, people's lives, of course. And um, again, it's, you, you spend I don't know. You know, you spend almost double digit hours a day. Um, at times, um, you know, just in the in the building, and um, you know, day after day after day, um, you know, so much time is spent. And obviously, you build a strong bond and strong relationship over that time. Um, and you know, like you said, it's it, it it's hard. It's a really harsh reality of, of the business. Not just Frank, but but Josh as well. I'm I'm wondering how he helped kind of get you settled initially, and then how how maybe you found out about about his firing. 
Yeah, um, yeah, um, Josh definitely has played a big, big role in, um, you know, obviously the quarterback coach a big role in development and, and, you know, getting me accustomed to everything and, um, and, and growth and, yeah, um, you know, just finding out about that and, um, again, it, it's, it's really hard. Um, you know, these are these are all people I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Um, you know, again, you, when you, you go to war with and, you know, you, you work on things throughout throughout the weekend, day in and day out, and, you know, you're trying to figure stuff out together, you know, you obviously you grow close. Um, and it's, you know, again, it's, it, it, it's hard for sure. Bryce, did you feel like a personal sense of maybe failure is not the right word, but responsibility that, that these two men you respected so much uh, – did get fired because the results weren't there on the field we all do um you know we all share in that we all talk you know we all feel like you know again you never want to see you never want to see people lose their job you never want to see people fight you we we wanted to of course come in especially this being a new team we wanted to come in and and conquer things together and, and accomplish our goals together and we all take responsibility in that not not being the case um so that 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 that's all of our mindsets what allows you and one of the realities of the NFL is it's really the next game up after all of this transition throughout the week. What's allowed you to compartmentalize everything that's happened but also prepare for Canada? Um, You know, really it's just rallying around everyone in the locker room, the people that are, you know, that are, are here. Um, like you said, these are, these are tough and, and trying times. These are hard times. Um, but ultimately, you know, we play for each other um, in that locker room. You know, again, just working with working with everyone every day. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for all, all my teammates, all the people that are here. And you know, we we have to rely on each other. We have to lean on each other. And we don't want to let each other down. We want to push each other. So, you know, through that, just being able to to, to play for each other, rely on each other is you know what what keeps us allows us to to, to keep working and stay driven. And you spoke to you saw today. Um, with the guy or, you know, from Coach Tabor or anybody else that shows you that you may have a better chance of succeeding, um, protection, anything like that? I mean, of course, there's little tweaks, of course, with, with changes of changes of leadership, changing roles. Of course, things are going to look a little different. Um, but, you know, I, I, I believe in everyone here. Um, and, you know, we, we had a practice. So, you know, I think, I guess, you know, time will tell as far as what the results are. Um, but um, you know, well, again, I, I, I believe in everyone. I uh, believe in, in organization, my teammates, and everything. So you know, obviously, we're going to do everything, everything we can to, 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 to be better and to push and, and to get translate into results. But we have to earn that right. Um, so you know, we have to like we have to earn the right to, to have more success in the future. Of parks in the past, I'm wondering what those meetings are like now, and, and how how you can kind of build that relationship with him as. as well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Park is definitely someone I, I've that I've you know been close with throughout the year. Um, I'm, I'm really close with, so um, you know he's been in the QB room. Um, obviously, his responsibilities are changing a little bit now, but he's always he's been a part of every QB meeting. He's been in the room the whole time, um, so you know he's been able to see it. And you know it, it's you know obviously it's just different. It's transition, but I, you know definitely definitely grateful to um, you know for Parks to be here and us to you know just you know just try to try to finish strong, keep building. Um, so, uh, yeah, grateful for that. Bryce, uh, personally, do you feel like the right decision was made or would you have liked to see Frank get more time to try to turn this around? Uh, that's not for me to decide. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a player just like everyone else here. Um, my job is to, 
you know, is to, to be the best I can in my position. I try to execute on, on Sundays and lead the team, but um, that, that's, that's not my decision. We feel like you've improved over the first your first 10 starts very much, or what, to what degree have you improved, and what would you like to see improve for you these last six games? Yeah, um, you know, I, I do feel like there's been growth, there's been improvement. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is that growth and improvement translating to success on the field uh, as, a, as a unit, as a team, because um, ultimately that, that's all that matters. That's all I care about is, is us having success, us winning. Um, that, that's, you know, that's the nature of this business. And, you know, I think that that's the biggest thing that has to change. With so, so much change this week, how, uh, how much of a sitting impact has Thomas had knowing that he's, he's still yeah, um, you know, to be someone who's been who's been steady and been consistent throughout, um, you know, through again the ups and downs, all the all the highs and lows, and all that this this season has been up to this point. He's someone that's been super consistent throughout. He's been himself and been consistent as a message and how he approaches things. Um, and you know, I think it, it's fitting again with him still being him and still having that consistency. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely good to, to have that stability there. Um, you know, with all things considered. Did uh, what happened on Monday shake your own confidence at all? Uh, I, I, you know, for me, I, I feed on, you know, feed on my team, uh, you know, feed on my faith for, for all that. So, um, again, it, it's just, you know, grasping the realities of what things are. Again, it's a lot of real relationships. It's people, you know, it's, it's lives. There's a lot that goes into it. You spend a lot of time in. Of course, that's something that is, you know, it's a lot. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, we all feel collectively as a, as a group, um, you know, as a team. But, you know, we all, you know, we all lean on each other for confidence. We all have confidence that's, that's rooted deeply in ourselves. Um, so I, I think we, we all, you know, it doesn't, doesn't change our confidence, doesn't change how we approach things. Um, but, you know, obviously it's just, it's different. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for us tonight and this week on Breaking with Brett Jensen. So look forward to having you again next week. And I got a lot of stuff going on next week, so I can't wait to get it all out there for you. And by the way, I think we're going to have a couple of special guests in studio next week as well. So until then, stay dry, stay warm, watch all the football games on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday. It's going to be a good time. And until next week, I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.